All right. So First uh, Samuel chapter 17, the table of content is a blessing from the Lord. I don't have time to tell you where that is, but go ahead and find it. First Samuel. I'm going to start reading because I have a lot of work to do in 27 minutes. All right. It says this here. The Philistines. No. Verse 12. Sorry. Now, David was the son of a man named Jesse from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. Jesse was an old man at that time. And he had eight sons. Jesse's three oldest sons had already joined Saul's army to fight the Philistines. You notice how I'm skipping all the names. It's not. (laughs) I had already joined Saul's army to fight the Philistines. David was the youngest son. David's three oldest brothers stayed with Saul's army. But David went back and forth so he could help his father with the sheep in Bethlehem. That's going to be key here in a minute. Someone say back and forth back and forth. For 40 days every morning and evening, the Philistine champions strutted in front of the Israelite army. One day, Jesse said to David, take this basket of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers and give these 10 cuts of cheese to their captain. See how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report on how they are doing. Verse 19, David's brothers were with Saul in the army at the Valley of Elah, fighting against the Philistines. So David left the sheep with another shepherd, set out early the next morning, someone say early, Early. with the gifts as Jesse had directed him. He arrived at the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. Verse 21, soon the Israelite and Philistine forces stood facing each other, army against army. David left his things with the keeper of supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. Verse 23 in conclusion, as he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out from the Philistine ranks. I love this. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. David heard him shout. There's not a person in here or online that doesn't want a greater future. Um, David has been anointed as king, but he hasn't been appointed. So the word anoint simply means to rub in. Um, And so when when Samuel, the, the, the priest or the prophet of the nation, came to anoint David, he poured the oil over David's head, and David then became anointed. And the Bible says that from that day forward, uh, the Spirit of the Lord rested on David. And so the favor of God was on David. He was anointed, but he wasn't yet positioned as king. And so it's important for you to understand this. If you're in Christ, the Bible says that you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. That first means that you have received the Holy Spirit in your heart. So when you came to Christ, you repented of your sin. The Bible teaches that God gifted you with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Lord, and he now lives in your heart. And given that you have access to the Holy Spirit and he lives on the inside of you, you have the capacity to overcome every challenge in your life. And so David is, in fact, anointed as king, um, but he hasn't been appointed. I just want to encourage you with this. The Lord wants to promote you. The Lord wants to move your life forward. He wants to 
Paul says this. Paul says, from glory to glory, from faith to faith. So when you first come to Christ, that's not it. You got to continue to grow. The Lord wants to promote you, not just tangibly or naturally, but also spiritually. He wants to provide more peace in your home, more peace in your marriage. Um, He wants you to enjoy life. He wants you to have wisdom. Um, He wants to promote you in every single way. However, someone say however. However. Process always comes before promotion. Process always comes before promotion. So most of us know the end of the story. David's going to hit Goliath with a stone. He's going to chop his head off. I can't wait to get to week five because a lot of people start, but we don't finish. So that's going to be the premise of that. But let's get back to today. All right. So here's the key question today, because we're always going to start with a question. Here it is. Do I recognize when God is processing me for promotion? Do I recognize? The key word here is recognize. Because God is always processing us. He's always, someone say always, Always. but do we recognize it is the key. Or are we just waking up, you know, and just kind of going about life? It's another day. Do you recognize that God is trying to take you somewhere? That God is trying to provide something for you. God is a God of process. And so after looking at Webster's and Cambridge and Wikipedia, I came up with my own definition, biblical definition of process. Okay, go ahead and write this down. Process is how the Lord uses hard times to develop our thinking and our emotions. Process is how the Lord uses, someone say uses, Uses. hard times to develop our thinking and I would say our emotional response to the things that we're going through. Because before he can promote you, He has to develop something here and here, right? He wants to bless you, but if he doesn't process you, you're going to either do one or two things. You're going to sabotage the blessing or the blessing will crush you because you haven't went through the process of cultivating your mind and of feeling the pain, feeling the hurt, but being wise about how you emotionally respond to life. So this, I'm I'm thinking, I'm 36 right now. And there's no way that God can move me forward this year if I respond to things and challenges at 36 the way I responded to them when I was 26. Or 33 for that matter. There's been so much spiritual growth in the past three years. We hated the pandemic, but if you faced it in a godly way, God really sent it to grow you, right? And so it's essential that you, someone say recognize, Recognize. begin to recognize that God doesn't put hard times on us, but because we live in a world that's full of sin and Adam and Eve messed that up, he will use the challenges and the setbacks and the hard times to develop something in you for what he has for you. Can we clap now? All right. I'm still in the intro. Y'all okay. All right. All right. So today's called I'm being processed before we even fight Goliath. We have to recognize something in these 13 verses about the life of David. Okay. 
All right, so I want to give you two processes for promotion, just two. Two processes for any kind of promotion in your life. Number one, the first one is this, the process of character formation. Um, I'll give you a very deep theological spiritual word for this. All right, this is what you call sanctification. Right? After you come to Christ and you receive salvation and a new life and you receive the Holy Spirit, God wants to start the process of sanctifying you. What does that mean, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. It means that God is going to begin the process of you looking more like Jesus the older you get in your life. So there is no way that God saves you and you take 10 steps backward. The idea is, okay, you may still have that addiction, but you're working out of it, right? You may still have some bitterness and some unforgiveness, but by the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of community and the word of God, you're working your way out of that bitterness and you're learning to forgive, right? You, you may used to talk a lot, but the brother of Christ, James says, be quicker to listen and slower to speak because you're not always right. Right. It, it's it's a becoming more like Christ. As a matter of fact, when they arrested Jesus before he went to the cross, you, you ought to really study the account of his life before he, he was crucified. He had really nothing to say. The Bible says in Isaiah that he was like a sheep led to the slaughter. Right. You, you, you're going to sacrifice a sheep. They don't have much to say, but bad. Right. So he, he was just. He was quiet. And there's power in holding your tongue because the Bible says that if you can control your tongue, you can control everything in your life. And it is also a mark of maturity. So that's just one example. So what is character formation? Go ahead and write this down. It is who I am becoming. It's who I'm becoming on the inside. Am I becoming wiser, more patient, humble? Right? Am, am I waiting? Am I waiting to be invited to the table? Or am I sitting down myself at the head? Of, you know, it's, it's, it's formation. So let's go to verse 15, okay? And it says this here, But David went back and forth so he could help his father with the sheep in Bethlehem. For 40 days every morning and evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. So here it is. From Bethlehem to the Valley of Elah, it was 10 miles. And David made this trip twice a day. Right now, he's working for his father as a shepherd. Right? So this means that David probably had to wake up around 4 a.m. Because a few verses down, it said early in the morning. Right? David probably woke up around 4 a.m., prepared the sheep, left the sheep for another shepherd around 5.30, hit the road at 6 a.m. on feet, 10 miles. It's like uh, from exit 12 to Hyattstown. Right? Exit 22. That's a three-hour journey on feet. He arrives around 9 a.m. He serves the supplies to his brothers. He probably stayed around till about 4 or 5 p.m., and then he has to walk back home. Right? What is God doing? God is training a future king. He's building endurance in him. I think about the weather condition. Cold, hot, rain, bears, lions, snakes. And a lot of historians believe that 
it was in seasons like this where David would write the Psalms. Right. Because he was alone with the Lord. A lot of the songs that we sing in church come from David. They would have came from times like this. Lord, I love you. Your goodness and your mercy follows me all the days of my life. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He would have been writing and singing and getting the supplies in a service position, a king in training to people that needed those supplies. Because there is no way that you can lead people without first serving them. He's a king in process. Someone say process. process. He's a king in process. And this is what I've come to find out. Is that the Lord uses long seasons of unwanted circumstances to form character. I don't know anyone in their right mind that wants to walk 10 miles. Twice a day for 40 days. And every time you go, your army has not made an advance. It's like, what, what am I even, what am I coming for what am I feeding these guys for? We're not advancing. But, but David's in this long season of unwanted circum. Lean into that. The Lord uses long. Someone say long. Like, man, I, I thought this challenge would have lasted a week, a month. Man, it's been three months. It's been 180 days. That's six months. Um, it's been a year. It's been two years. Of un- Someone say unwanted. Unwanted. And I, many of us in this room, we're in an unwanted season. I don't want this. I don't prefer this. And it's lasting a bit longer than what I expected. The idea is to recognize that God can do anything he wants. God can break you through right now, but he's not choosing to. Because it's, if, if, you, if you allow it, it's forming something in you. So, so what are some examples? Uh, financial struggle. Um, an unhealthy relationship. Illness. Unfortunately, a bad diagnosis. The Lord could heal it. Right? Uh, what are some more? Uh, uh, let, let's waiting. Wait, waiting itself sucks sometimes. Tragedy, loss. I just, I just lost my father. Caught the flu. The entire family, except two of our people in, in the family, caught the flu. We were fasting. It's cold. It's dark. My dad just died. My body's achy. I'm emotional. I don't, I don't want to feel this. It was Christmas. It's New Year's. We're supposed to be happy. But all I heard the Lord telling me was, just be still. Lean into me. Just, just, just be still. And so whenever you're in a long season of unwanted circumstance, I'm almost done. Y'all okay? All right. All right. We have to understand this. How do I grow, Pastor? Well, we grow when we respond to hard times in a godly way. How do we grow through it? It's all in the response. Life is going to happen, but how am I responding to it? And far too many of you have not been responding. You've been reacting. You felt the pain, you felt the hurt, and you react. Versus embracing it, absorbing it, and saying, man, that hurt, this sucks, I'm in it. But here it is, here's the question. How is the Lord 
calling me to respond to it. Here's an even better question, since we're talking about sanctification. How would Christ himself respond to this? Because that's where the growth is. It's long, and I don't want it, but, but am I still responding out of anger? Am I still blaming other people? Is it, woe is me? Have I not sought counsel? These are all the things I used to do before Christ. I used to get angry. It was someone else's fault. I never sought anyone else's wisdom. I tried to press through because I'm going to get through this. But God is saying, no, I'm trying to do a new thing in your life. And, and, and you must... You, you, mm. You have to recognize that I'm going to keep sending the same test until you respond to them the way that my word has instructed you to. I'm not going to give you that breakthrough until you learn how to respond accordingly. The parents would understand that, right? Your own punishment until ABCXYZ, until you learn how to respond differently. God does the same thing. The Bible says in Hebrews that God is a loving father. And he disciplines us. And y'all ever heard, um, what's that saying? Uh, love is love. Y'all heard that before? It's quiet in here. Y'all have heard it. Okay. Um, typically when we say love is love, what we're meaning is love is just God's affection. Do what you want. Do what you want. But my hand has two sides to it. You're not going to get out of it until you respond differently to it. Okay? And so here's the brother of Jesus. I wonder where he learned this from. James, this is the most practical book in your New Testament. So this is the brother of Christ. And he says this here. Dear brothers and sisters, this is so good. When troubles of any kind come your way, here it is. Consider it an opportunity. Someone say opportunity Opportunity. for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow, right? Ella, Bethlehem. Ella, Bethlehem. Ella, Bethlehem. Hot, cold, rain, sun. Ella, Bethlehem. I am am an anointed king. Why am I walking on my feet six hours a day with cheese, bread, grain, with the stupid donkey. I am an anointed king. This is so beneath me. Right? OMG. All right, right, right. Because God is developing his what? Endurance. Verse four. So let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect. That word means mature and complete, needing nothing. Let it go. Let, let the, here it is. Let that tough season have its way with you for a little bit. Because God is trying to rub some things out of your character. It's important. It's important. It's important. Because here's the thought. Who I'm becoming is more important than what I want. It's more important. It's just more. It's a revelation the Lord gave me as I was reading these 13 verses about David. Who? The, the type of person David was becoming was more important 
than the anointing that was on his life. Because Saul has messed up the kingdom. It's, it's the reason why Goliath is there and his soldiers are afraid because their leader sucks. Their leader has no character. He has the looks. He's tall, but he doesn't have the heart of God. So I'm raising up a new king, a king after my own heart, who's going to be fearless. I have to put him through some things. I have to work some things out of him. And then when I do that, I'm going to give him the victory. Because one day, he, he won't be on this journey by himself, but he's going to have millions of people following him. So does he have the character and the wherewithal to lead others into the dreams that God has put on their heart? He, he has to work something out of David's character because God knows that there's pride in David, just like all of us. So little boy, listen, you are king, but I'm going to have Jesse give you some assignments. And I'm going to test you to see how you're going to respond to it. David! Yeah, dad. I need you to say A, B, C, X, Y, Z to your brothers. All right, whatever. What time do I have to leave? 6 a.m., son. God's like, mm, he ain't ready. I chose the wrong joker. But who I am becoming is more important than what I want. Am I becoming wiser? Am I becoming more patient? 2014 and 15 were the toughest year in our marriage. We have been married for two years. And, um, but we, we, got, we got pregnant early with Judah. And she was bringing, bringing in 80% of our income. And so uh, around... 20 weeks, she started to carry too much fluid with Judah. So the, the doctor put her on bed rest. Instantly, 80% of our income went out the window. I was being paid part-time as a pastor, but you know when you're in ministry, it's full-time. Nothing is part-time in ministry. I was getting $1,000 a month. Her income goes out the window. We have a kindergartner, we have Nemo, our Yorkie, and we have one on the way. And we live in a bungalow, about 780 square foot. Um, it started out great. But when she stopped working, God, the AC fell. No more AC. Castleberry, Florida in the middle. This was August, y'all. God. AC blew. Rat infestation started to occur. We were here at night. We go to bed because the bedroom is here. The kitchen's right there. <sighs> One day we flashed our light at our door and it was eating Nemo's food. <laughs> and obviously I couldn't afford to pay the rent. So we moved back in with my mother-in-law. She has to pay her mortgage. Rightfully so. So that takes us to $500 a month. Family. We just said yes to the vision of Highlight Church. And it's almost as if God said, okay, you want to be great? Because the, the thing about this is God could have prevented all of it. She didn't have to carry too much fluid. The AC didn't have to fail. There was a point in which we both lost our license. So, so we're pastoring holding groups, outreach, feeding people with the church credit card, 
when our fridge is barely making it. We're on government assistance, pastoring with a big dream in our heart. All of that God could have prevented, but he didn't choose to. Why? Because he was creating a circumstance, a long unwanted season, to work some things out of us. And in that season, her, I, and Chris, we read the story of David. And God confronted me in the bathroom one day, and he said, you need to snap out of the victim mentality. The Lord, the Holy Spirit. He said, you will go as far as you want to go. And he said, no one owes you anything. And I will bring you out of this according to how you respond to it. But the dream and the vision I gave you is true. You will lead thousands of people one day and you will move to Maryland and start an amazing church. But I must put you through this. And I finally got that revelation. I have to stop blaming others, looking for a handout, wishing someone would save my life. And I have to understand that who I'm becoming is way more important than a church I want to start. But if I start it, I'm going to hurt more people than pastor them because I'm not prepared for it. I'm not prepared. My character is not there. And and so a few ways to respond. Number one is through prayer. When you're in an unwanted circumstance, you got to pray, guys. Five, ten minutes a day. Get on your knees. Get to the edge of your bed. Spend some time with the Lord. You have to, number two, worship. Put on some worship music. Worship in your car. Worship in your kitchen. Worship in the shower. Uh, Elevation worship. Hillsong worship. uh, Highland worship. Fresh life worship. I'm just throwing out some bands for you. You got to worship. Gratitude is so powerful when you're going through tough times. It can be hard to find it, but there's a lot to be grateful for when life is tough. But it'll give you peace and a breakthrough. And then patience. Stop trying to force your way out of the season. Endure. Endure it. David's response was preparing him for his future. And you can either undermine your future or you can stay on track according to your response. Number two, the process of excellence. And I'll have us out of here. You guys okay? All right, so it's the process of character formation and the process of excellence. 1 Samuel 17, 17 says this. One day Jesse said to David, take this basket of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread. Carry them quickly to your brothers and give these 10 cuts of cheese to their captain. See how your brothers are doing. Verse 19. David's brothers were with Saul and the Israelite army at the Valley of Elah, fighting against the Philistines. So David left the sheep with another shepherd. And set out early, someone say early, Early. the next morning with the gifts, as Jesse had directed him. We'll stop there. Catch me here. David is being excellent with sheep, cheese, and bread. Okay? An anointed king is being excellent with small things. Sheep, cheese, and bread. Because all big dreams have small beginnings. All big futures have small starts. And one of the greatest temptations that the devil is throwing in your life right now is to think that small things are insignificant. When they're the very means by which God will use to bring peace, power, and promotion into your life. 
The, the, here it is. History will record to this day. David's a historical figure. This is not myth, a legend. This is a historical book. He is still to this day Israel's greatest leader. But true lifetime story. He started out with sheep, cheese, and bread. And left King Solomon billions of dollars. Because big futures have small beginnings. <laughs> I remember when we moved to Maryland, right? Oh, God, Chris, you, you were there with, with me and Pastor Kyra, too, right? You, you remember that first big purchase for the production equipment? Oh, oh my God. We had $13,000, the most money I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, we balling, man. Let's go. The Lord said, I need 11,000 of that to start the church. I'm like, what? Just in, in one, in one, one confirm, 11,000 just gone. And you know, now seven years later, it's growth and another city. We, we were just in Frederick the other day before we went to see the chosen, uh, Two, two different families came up to us. I heard you starting a church in, in our city. And then I think back to that couch where $11,000. You know? You know, and we just finally finalized the lease for Frederick for triple that amount. Small start. Big future. And then we have 18 more lo locations to start across the state. Right. Small start. Big future. I remember one of them rats. They died in the rat trap. I, I don't do animals, man. Only dogs. Definitely not. Uh, yeah, right. Now I'm, I'm going to tell it. Let me tell it. All right. So we, we caught a rat in the rat trap in the kitchen. We heard it snap that night. Bam. I said, babe, I am not looking at that rat. I'm not. So we got up in the morning. We called Chris. I said, bro, there's a dead rat in my kitchen. And my, my mother-in-law's top G. She would have came over there and, eh, and threw it away. My mom, she, she's around here somewhere. She's amazing. But Chris sped to our house got a speeding ticket. I kind of felt bad about it. Kind of didn't. He threw it away. Small starts. G going over and holding up his pastor's arm for stupid stuff. Something I could have did, but because his heart was right. Right? Now God is... God, come on now. And so... Man, I, I got it. Let's go a chapter before, okay? And I'll have you out here in five minutes. Are we good? Yeah. All right, all right. So Saul is having some mental breakdown, some anxiety issues. The Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord has departed from him and is currently on David. And so word gets around palace about this young man named David. So let's keep reading here. Uh, chapter 16, verse 18. One of the servants said to Saul, one of Jesse's sons from Bethlehem is a talented harp player. Not only that, he is a brave warrior a man of war, and has good judgment. He is a fine-looking young man, and the Lord is with him. 
So Saul sent messengers to Jesse to say, send me your son, David, the shepherd. Jesse responded by sending David to Saul, along with a young goat, a donkey loaded with bread and a wineskin full of wine. So David went to Saul, began serving him. Someone say serving, serving. began serving him. Saul loved David very much and David became his armor bearer. Then Saul sent word to Jesse asking, please let David remain in my service for I am very pleased with him. David's excellence and obscurity led to greater opportunity. His ex- the word obscure means to be unseen, hidden, not recognized. So D- D- David's just simply serving. He's not worried about how many likes he's getting on social media, how many people are seeing his reels. He's just serving in obscurity. He's been excellent. And it led him from being right the shepherd of his dad's little kingdom to the armor bearer of the king of the nation. Simply because God... Because man does not have your promotion. It's the Lord. God, God, God tested him through the seasons. And he said, okay, he's ready for this. Let's take a page out of Joseph's story. 17 years old, the Lord gives Joseph two dreams of a great future. And a little bit after that season, Joseph ends up in a pit, Potiphar's house, and a prison. 13 years later, at the age of 30, Joseph becomes the prime minister of Egypt. If you go back and read Genesis, Joseph's story, Joseph is excellent in every season. And it's not that Potiphar's wife put him in prison. It's that God allowed him to go to prison. Here it is, because God was still testing him. Here it is. Don't allow your hard times to get away with it. Make your hard times pay you the dividends that you deserve grow say okay you're you know it's like being in the weight room you grow from the strain and that's what the hard time is for and so you you gotta you gotta be excellent excellence is a choice guys and then it starts with things like your car does your car smell like ketchup are those fries under the seat Got to get them. Your schoolwork. You're in the library. You're, you're in your room. You're studying. No one's there. No one's cheering you on. You're not on CNN. Fox News ain't cheering you on because it doesn't matter. God is watching. What, are, are you helping around the house? Are you still living with your parents? Are you adding value to the home? Or are, you, are you adding stress? God, God, God is watching. God is watching. Because excellence is a, someone say it, choice. It's a choice. And in our generation, we're dealing with a quiet, quitting spirit. You're showing up to work, but you're not doing anything. But you want everything from God. That got to stop. That got to stop. We got to show up to work and, and, and you got a complaining coworker. I don't want none of that on me, bro. Understand this, in the garden, the first thing the Lord did, and I'm closing, is he blessed them to work. He, he, he blessed them to work. The enemy wants to lull you into laziness. And you're going to wonder why God is not answering your prayers. Because the principle is to work. Work.
Okay. And so, and so here it is, and, and I'll get out your way. Uh, a good attitude, we'll pull up the image. A good attitude, that's what excellence is rooted in. A, a good attitude, a good thoughts about life, leads to an excellent approach. So if I have a good attitude about my kids, about my wife, about my work, you're automatically... Because you have a glass half full mentality. You're automatically going to be excellent in home, excellent at the job, and, and then it's going to lead to greater opportunities. It's the process. And here's the challenge. Will you still be excellent even though you're going through tough times? Or will you buckle? The Bible says in, in the season of challenge, if you fold, your strength was weak. The, the Lord told Jeremiah, I can keep on going with this. He said, how are you going to run with horses if you can't run with men? That's what God said. If you can't run with men, God said, I, I want you to run with horses. How you, you, Man, life is good. It's, it's Super Bowl Sunday. I'm breathing. I'm on my two feet. I'm dressed. I have a home. God is with me. So I'm going to go in tomorrow with a good attitude, an excellent approach. And in time, God is going to add everything spiritually and naturally to my life. Watch this. Jason, was David looking for an opportunity to fight Goliath? What was he doing? Just serving. Just serving. Just serving in the obscurity, in the mundane, in the routine. Just one particular day, he gets to the front lines. Watch this. He wasn't looking for the opportunity, but the op I defy the armies of Israel. The opportunity found him. So here's a word for my single people. It's February. Stop looking for him or her. Serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. Serve. And ooh, look at him. They'll find you. Romans 8 says this, and we're out. Okay. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good. Someone say the good. Amen. For those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Everything will work together. Character formation, the process of excellence the opportunity will find you. Can we put our hands together for the word of God today? Thank you.